Okay, people, it is part two of this week's Echo Chamber. And, yo, this, ah, uh, this is a great one. A great one, especially, as mentioned, I think this is the penultimate episode of the year. And I think it's the last interview of the year, right? So, um, yeah, this is a really fun one, people. We um, look at a new independent horror flick. And it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different, people. So, hey, let's just get into things, shall we, people? Let's go. Okay, people. So, as said, this new indie horror flick is... It's called Bitch Ass. Okay, people. So the good folks over at Signature hit me up with this new horror flick called a Bitch Ass, which I know there's a few ways you can take that, right? Is it a serious film? Is it a joke? Right? Is it subversive? Like, is it trying to say something? What's the deal? What's the deal? So, obviously, I checked it out. Right? It is directed by Bill Posley, who um, also co-wrote it with Jonathan Colombe. Um, the film is then pro... Well, it's executive produced by um, Posley, right? Um, along with uh, Cologne, um, possibly some Cologne's, uh, you know, fam, because there's uh, Janice Cologne and David Cologne. Um, well, actually. Jonathan and Bill also produce, it's just written in a weird way, they produce along with Van White and Shane Brown, right? So then all of those also executive produce along with Chris Quintos Kafkart, um, Benet Engelsoff, Will Gellin, Larry Greenberg, uh, T. Jean Hatcher, Tunde Lalay, uh, Barry Meyerwitz, Erica Montolo Bura, Jeff Sackman, Honra Tolbert. Um, yeah, and Cindy Lou is an associate producer on the piece. Music is from Joseph Mohan. Stephen Parker handles cinematography. Rylan Rafferty edits the piece. Alex Amelson and Sherry Henderson handle casting. Uh, Jeremy Jonathan White, production design, Kyle Elivid, art direction, Danielle Meridinio is set decoration, and Cynthia Davis is costume design. Uh, makeup, we've got Jack, Jack, Jack. Uh, Pio Trowicki, uh, Jacqueline Holden, and Kwame Head. Okay, and our cast. Well, I mean, it all starts off with the great Tony Todd as Titus Dark, right? He's kind of like the narrator we have at the beginning. It's a bit like, um, how, um, 
the hunger starts or um, like I think you had the Twilight Zone starts like that and tells from the hood, you know, with the guy reading the book and being like, oh, this is what's going to happen. That's our Tony's. That's our uh, Tony Todd character here. We then have got Bitch Ass himself played by Tunde Leliai. Um, there is then the gang, right? Spade, the leader, played by Sean McKinney. Um, he's right hand man boots, played by Tim J. Smith. Then there is his recruits, let's say. We've got Mo, played by Afro, We've got Cricket, played by Bill Gilroy. We have got Tuck, played by Kelsey Caesar. And then there's Q, played by Tion Kelly. Um, Q's mother, Marissa, is played by Melissa Sellers. Right? Then we have got Young Cecil, played by Jarvis Diman Jr., um, Cecil's grandma is played by Sherry L. Walker. We've got a young spade played by Eric Wright, a young boots played by Chance Harlem Jr., and a young Marissa played by Ashley Fruji. Uh, there's X played by Dior Allen, um, Tanya. I think she's the girl we see at the very start running. She's played by Kendra M. Hill. There's Mrs. Miss Jacobs, played by Mildred Marie Langford. Um, Van White is the bus driver. There's a new caster, played by Erica Duke. And then a couple of mean kids played by Jacobe Dempsey and Rashawn Sibley. So, yeah, that is the cast. And the gist of the flick is this. The year is 1980. Young Cecil is bullied by kids in the Sip Street gang for being fat, shy, and always playing ball games. They all pick on him and call him bitch ass. On a gang initiation night, they jump him and leave him for dead. Fast forward to 1999. No one has seen or heard from Bichar since, and he has become an urban legend. Now a new crop of six street recruits are gearing up for another initiation night. They get tasked with robbing a house, but little do they know they're walking into Bichar's house, and he has been plotting his revenge by building deadly versions of the childhood games they bullied him for playing. The rules are simple. Win and you live, lose and you die. Let the games begin. Boom. Right? Gotta say, that sounds pretty fucking fly, right? That doesn't sound like a bad film. And I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed this film. For real, people, it's like when it starts, I was a bit like, ah, fuck. <laughs> what have they got me watching? This we get this little grainy picture. Looks like we're watching some VHS kind of business, and that's like their intro with Tony Todd, right? And you're just like, you know, it's all, it's, yes, yeah, it's just, you're like, oh, damn, it's going to be one of them, you know, remember like those, those just ropey films that would play real late at night or um, one of your peoples may have it on a DVD, not a DVD, a VHS back in the day, right? They'd be like, oh, I've got this, this is meant to be a cult classic and it's just bad. Right? Ain't gonna lie. That's what I thought this might be. I was like, oh no. <laughs> it 
it's not no right we we just got um the guy you know tony todd um he's uh titus black he's like building us into this thing right talking about the legend talking about all these classic you know killers from horror flicks right so you're like okay okay this well yeah and then he's like i'm gonna tell you about bitch ass right and we get into it so we you know i said right so we start off this good we just see this girl running at first and then a guy you're not quite sure what's going down at first right you're like are they together or is he chasing her and then you realize and you're like oh no this is not good but this is our first kind of introduction to bitch ass right and you're like oh <laughs> oh shit Right, but then we um yeah, but then we change, right? The focus changes, and we've got like Q, you know, with his mum and the talking and just all of this. Well, no, we go to the the the, the initiation at first, right? So it's just these kids. He's Q's running, and we realise right he's in this gang just like what's he doing what's he doing right he obviously he's met he you know he mentioned school right he's always late because he's studying and he's just like yo why are you mixing yourself up with this shit son right but they're in this gang and they've been told right this is what you have to do to get your colors right and you're like hmm hmm okay um, and we, it, yeah, so it's these kids, right? Obviously, his mums doesn't want him to do this shit, right? But kids be kids, right? And so the kids go to the house. So you think this is um, maybe, right, one of them kind of uh, stories, you know, kids in a house trying to uh, basically survive type of thing, right? It's one of them. One, uh, like, it's a, it's their adventure. But I, I will say this film kind of switches, right? So it's not this, ad, you know, this horror adventure, right? It, it kind of then completely flips because... They incorporate the games, which is a fascinating piece, right? Like, it's just like, oh, damn. Okay. And so it plays in parts a little bit like, um, I think it was in Clue. It's years, literally years that I, I think I saw this film, right? And, you know, like Clue, Cluedo, how that plays out. And we kind of get that kind of like, oh, this room and that room and these are the people and blah, 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 right? It, it goes into that, which is now fascinating. And they do a thing. Uh, that I I always enjoyed. I don't even know why, but I really enjoyed it. If you watch Fringe, right, and every time they're going to a new spot, right, so it might be, um, you know, Boston, right, and the, the the big in big letters, there's Boston plastered on the side of a building, right. Not that it's actually on the side of a building, but it's letting you know where you are, right. And so throughout throughout this film, we're like the living room, the parlor, right, or star, right, which is a thing that's kind of on the floor at the very start, right, and I think it's easy to miss if you're not paying attention, but you just see that, and I was, as soon as I saw that, I was like, yo, wait, what the fuck's happening, wait, are they in a ball game, right, that was, the, that was the first little hint before you knew what 
was going down and you're like oh shit right so we, we get this new kind of film and it is yeah it, it is a lot of fun it's a lot of fun it's like it's not shying away from ooh, some of the nasty shit, right? But it's not, I wouldn't say it's like a torture fetch film, right? It's not like Saw or anything like that. It's, it's something a little different, right? And so you do get this, a lot of insight into these characters and what's going down and why right and they utilize these flashbacks but well placed well introduced it's not just like oh look i think it's time for a flashback no 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 no, no. it's all very well integrated into the story right so it's like um yeah everything's building and you're like oh okay okay Oh, could this happen? But where you think, okay, so I think this is going to happen and that's going to do this and boom, boom, boom. Then suddenly this little twist comes and you're like, oh, shit. What will that mean? How will that now affect all of this stuff? And then we move along and then something else. And you're like, yo, I did not see that. And towards the end, they do this, I don't know, this, this quick fucking reverse, right? Where they throw you through a loop in one bit and then suddenly it's flipped. And you're like, wait, what? what? <laughs> like, what just happened there? Holy shit. It is. It keeps you on your toes in a good way. Right, there's a lot of times when the films will will throw you with this new thing, right? And you're just like, ah, I mean, that's all well and good, right? But isn't that a little deuce machina, right? They they like none of that shit was really set up. You're just throwing that thing to get you out of a loop, which can be a little irritating. That's not what this is. Trust me, people. That's not what this is. Yo, we get a really good... Oh, my days. It's a really good story. A really good story with so much potential. And then they end it with some creepy shit. Just that, that creepy shit. Now you're like, oh, fuck. God damn. You know what I mean? Yo, if you like a horror flick, right? If that's your jam, but you don't want something too, like, uh, you feel me? Nothing too bad, right? But still, still enough to have you like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, I'm a little bit on edge here. I'm a little bit on edge. That's bitch ass for you, man. It's it's not pulling any punches, but it's not going like completely over the top, right? It's real enjoyable, and right, it, it it's like this new wave of black horror, which is just fucking great, right? Because it's these stories that just stand on their own. It, it's not necessarily underpinned by, you know, certain themes and, and you know, like stigmas and things. It's just a great story. It's a great story. And yeah, Bitch Ass is a great fucking story. I, man, I, I, yeah, ain't fronting people. I really enjoyed the shit out of this. I really did. And I am very glad. I, yeah, it got sent to me because, but it's still one of them ones which I'm not watching at night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I ain't watching it at night. But yeah, it's good. I highly, highly recommend you people going to check it out on all your favorite VODs. 
You know what I mean? All your favorite VODs. And it's... I would, it's maybe not a Christmas Day film, though, right? Maybe that's your jam, right? Maybe that's your jam, a horror film on Christmas Day. So I take that back. It's however you want to do it. But people, I definitely feel, go do it, right? Go do it. You know what I mean? It's a little board game fun. But, ooh, not your m &S board game. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yes, people, go check out Bitch Ass. You will not be disappointed. Okay, so now I have a fantastic conversation with the director and the co-writer of the film. He wrote it along with Jonathan Cologne. Um, yeah. I think the, and this is his feature debut, I believe. I think that's right. Ugh, my memory is all over the place. But people, this Bill is just a great person to uh, conversate with. You know what I mean? It was, uh, yeah, just one of those straight up joys. You know what I mean? And, and it's always fun when this when this sort of thing happens. You get to talk to someone who is just real passionate about what they do. You know what I mean? So, people, people, hey, let me introduce you to the man, Bill Posley. All right, let's go. This I mirrored. <laughs> Oh, you're mirrored? Yeah, it's like, this is my left hand. Oh, oh, right. Yes, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. for real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, people. <laughs> Yo, um, <laughs> joining me today is Bill Posley. Posley? Posley? Yeah. Okay, yeah, Bill Posley, who is the director and co-writer of this new horror joint, Bitch Ass. Yo, Bill, where the fuck did this come from? Because <laughs> I gotta say, right, me and horror is, is an odd thing, right? Because there's shit that I do enjoy, and it, but it's a bit like, I don't want to watch it at night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Especially, I don't want to watch it alone, right? And there's certain things that I'm just like, I think it's because, man, I, I think it was, I remember one day turning on the TV, I was probably, I don't know, six or something, and fucking Nightmare on Elm Street was in the video player. And so I just get that, that firstly, there's the alleyway scene, and then the scene with um the kid in bed, and then he's on the on the ceiling getting all mm -hmm. cut up and shit. And I and it's like you know what I mean. You want to leave, but I'm it's just stuck to the floor. I, I'm just watching this stuff as a fucking six year old, like uh uh uh, <laughs> and that just I couldn't walk down an alleyway for for like years after that. <laughs> I got fucked up. So yeah, horror is a bit you know what I mean. But this. God damn, Bill. This was great. This was really fucking great. So where did the story come from, man? Oh, man. Thank you so much, dude. The story my uh, cat came in. Sorry about that. Uh, no worries. If your cat wants to jump on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, um, so I grew up in the 90s, and I kind of like you just like... I don't I wouldn't even know I wouldn't even say that horror is the first thing I was ever attracted to like I was really scared of it to be honest with you my brother loved it like loved it and so he would make me watch all of these like when it was his turn to pick a movie it was always like demon night you know yeah. what I mean it was like oh yeah like, like demon night too I'm like why are they making a sequel <laughs> um, and so and so um I I was always terrified I would say that I didn't like horror and then the movie that like really opened it up for me was uh, People Under the Stairs. 
when I saw people under the stairs, I was like, oh man, I love this. Like mm. I love horror and it was awesome. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that like the lead kid looked like me and my brother. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, everything else was like this crazy thing and it wasn't demonic. It was like real people, real stake, you know, like it was great. And so mm. that's, that was like my initial injury into horror. And so I, after that, I fell in love with that, like the nineties, like hood horror movie, like tales from the hood. There was like, you know, leprechaun four in the hood bones like there was like this campiness to these movies that was so great and so awesome and so i wanted to do that again like mm. i wanted to make those movies again because they just kind of stopped like i don't think in the last 20 years it really had been one like that um and so it really mm. kind of halted and so i was like oh man what if we remade one today for back then that felt like it felt like i wanted people to feel like you weren't it was a movie that your mom wouldn't let you rent <laughs> because of the title yeah, and then like yeah, somebody yeah. in your class got it and like you snuck home after school to watch it <laughs> uh because it was called bitch ass and we I, we just literally wanted it to feel like you could just play it with all those other movies i said and it felt like it fit in and mm. so um that's where it originally like the want to do that a movie like that happened and so then i was like oh man all right it takes place in a black neighborhood what could it be and i was like oh i you know growing up i was bullied as a kid and so like i wanted to you know play around with that having the killer getting bullied and then really what i loved about it is um you know the concept of like hurt people hurt people and like the things that you put out into the world come back karmically and like bitch ass mm. is the representation of like karma you know what I mean? And like the idea that like, oh, if uh, if we are, you know, bad to each other, bad things happen. And so we really wanted the character to represent that. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that you definitely feel that. Right. You definitely feel. And I, yeah, I feel it does sit with those other films. Right. It themically like it feels like it, it, it's a sibling of. Right. Yeah. Now, when you're when you're like putting this together, was there a thing of like, oh, we because all your characters here, like no one's completely golden. You right. know what I mean? Like everyone's got there's a little something about them where you'd be like, ah, well, I mean, you did that, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. just like, ah, and you did, you know what I mean? So everyone's got that little thing. So was that a conscious thing? Or did that just come from the writing? Like, did you think, oh, we need someone who's like real, that pure person, you know what I mean? Who cuts through all the crazy or like, yeah. When you were writing these characters, like what was the kind of thinking here? Yeah, I think my, you know, my favorite characters and I, you know, I think most of our favorite characters are flawed and my favorite types of movies in the, in the suspense or thriller or horror genre are when you're like shifting loyalties and mm. like I, I love throughout a film that you just like are constantly shifting loyalties you think that this is your person and that they're right and then they do something you're like oh they're wrong and like this yeah you know, all this stuff and so like you know <laughs> i think that that's my favorite part of of watching a movie is when you you genuinely were rooting for somebody now you hate them and then you're back rooting for them again and you know that's that's the fun of, of storytelling because we are complex we are you know difficult to people in general and like we are all good and bad at the same time and so um making sure that characters represent both is is i think important for any story but specifically in the horror genre um you know making sure that you're uh at times you want your killer to kill yeah no, for, for sure. And I think that's a big thing, right? That's always a frustration when you watch something and someone, they never do anything wrong. Right. And, and, it, and it's just like, come on now. Like, come on now. You ain't, you ain't Lily White, motherfucker. You do <laughs> shit. 
you there's some grime on you. Come on. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like those people that be like, that person should be cancelled because they said that's what that word. Then you, you look back a few years and be like, you said the same thing. Fuck <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, we all, you know, everybody, everybody has um, you know, some skeletons in their closet for sure. Mm. But it's the way, like, firstly, Bill, looking at, you know, IMBD and all of that jazz, right? So you've done a T, like, you you know what I mean? You've written and directed a lot of stuff, acted in a lot of stuff, right? You've done a lot of shorts. Now, there was a TV movie, but this is, like, would you say this is technically your first, like, your feature debut? Or do you, you know, there's it the is. TV movie and all of that, but... I'm saying like you're watching this film and just the the pace of it right the angles that you choose right some of the the ways you you utilize these different like effects and tools to tell this story it really feels like a veteran up in this piece man like you you it unfolds really well there's the twists that are here there's plenty because there's things when you're watching, you're like I think I know where this is going, and they be like, "Yo, what the fuck? Wait, hold on a second. What just happened here?" But it never feels cheap, right? It never feels like, "Oh, they got stuck, and so they have to do this thing to get out of this." Pro no, everything is, and it feels real smart with some of those things. Like, where does that? come from is that from watching ingesting a lot of stories and going this is what i enjoy or i'm always frustrated when this happens or was it one of these things where the story just came to you right it just felt logical to tell it in this way yeah i think um i think it's a it's a the big question it's an amalgamation of a ton of things right i think one thing it is is the 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 um uh chaos is the is the mother of invention i guess a little bit i think some of that is it well for starters this is my first feature film that i've ever directed um and i have uh done a lot of shorts yes and, and but this was definitely my feature debut i didn't know if i could take anything this big on um i have experience in other areas as well right so like you said writing but i also was a cameraman for a very very long time I work, okay. I've PA'd for a very, very long time. I've worked almost every job on a film set that a human being can work. I've worked it. Um, so I know all, all you know, I, I fully, fully, when I step on a set, feel like there isn't a department that I cannot communicate or like talk to or anything like that. Um, mm -hmm. Even though I haven't done it on a feature film level, I have been around it for a, enough time to feel, you know, like, like I, I know what I want and I and I know how to communicate what I want to the people around me. Um, some of the things, you know, that we had to do were. So first we shot this thing in 12 days, right? During COVID without, you know, there was no vaccine, anything. So we had to test everybody. It was a very, very slow, long process. So because of that, <clears throat> I designed a shot list that would keep us on task and so that we could. I was willing to live with long with wides. I was willing to live in, in, in larger setups. I was willing to live in larger framing. Couple reasons for that were obviously time prohibiting. We didn't have as much time to get in and get all of this coverage or whatever. But I also wanted it to feel a little older and a little dated. So it didn't feel like there was slick coverage for everything and all of this mm. interesting stuff. You know, I wanted it to feel like it 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 kind of set and was a little bit dated. Um, and then when it comes to, and I assume that you're talking about, you know, some of the interesting editing choices and graphic choices that are in the movie. Um, part of the reason that I did some of those things were when you're such a low budget film and you are looking and figuring out how do you make a splash? How do you do something different? I wanted to stand out. I wanted to make sure that we had something that was like, oh, okay, whoa. And, and it felt like super fun as mm. well. And so in doing that, one of the things that we had talked about was like, how do we make the movie? Because if, for those who haven't seen it or don't know, it is a lot to do with games. And then we were like, okay, if the theme of this movie or one of the themes in this movie is games, how do we make the movie feel like a game? Mm. 
make it feel like you are watching a game being played. And so being able to choose some of those scenes to replicate the games that they are set to be after, especially in the editing style, some, some of those things were, were really, really important, you know? And so we chose to do it that way in order to honor the project and not just gratuitously do it. Right, right. Yeah, no, it, it, because I think when you first, like when it first comes on, you got Tony Todd um, as our kind of narrator, a bit like Hunger, you know what I mean? A bit like Twilight Zone and just all of that, like talking. I was a bit like, yo, what? What what is this? Because it's all grainy and it's just all a little funk and it feels like an old VHS kind of thing. And I'm just like, ah fuck. <laughs> God damn it, Sab and Marrick have just hit, hit me up with a shit film. God damn those motherfuckers. But then we get into the film and you're just like, oh shit, this is good. But then I just remember when we first get into the house, and I just like you see star at the bottom. I'm like wait, did that say start? Like, wait, what? And then we get into those, and you're just like, oh, fuck, that's really sm Like, it reminded me a bit of um, Fringe. You ever watch Fringe? It was that uh, TV series. Because oh, is that with Joshua Jackson? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's when they go to a new spot, it'd be like, Boston, like in big letters on in places. And I so... You remind me a bit of that and a little bit of like, sorry to bother you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those were the two, like two big things that kind of, I was like, oh, yeah, this feels like this. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed, yeah, the way this kind of unfolded. And with it, because I think we don't really shy away from a lot of stuff, but it's not over the top, like, gore and gratuitous or all of that like was that an a conscious effort like what were you thinking about how much to show and what not to and how bloody you want to make it yeah i'm not a i'm not like a gore guy like not too i'm not too much into the the gore stuff like um i, I torture porny you know that, mm. that stuff um i i enjoy it like saw i do enjoy con the concept of saw and all that stuff it's like uh, one of my favorite franchises uh i love it so much they really are gory and really 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 yeah. lean into the gore um I, I again i i for me some of it uh, you know just had to do with like is it helping the narrative or am i just doing it to do it you know mm. and, and um you know it, it felt like it could stay on this like level that like every once in a while you're like ooh, ugh. Oh, but it never, it, you know, it never, it never fully took you there gratuitously because, you know, we just wanted to make sure that it was a popcorn movie that a lot of people had a ton of fun um, watching. Yeah. 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 So how did you decide what games? This is like when you think of all the different games that we play as a kid and just the, are in the store that we maybe didn't get to. There's so many. So how did you decide which ones to mess with here? So it it was a little bit of God. It was it was like two things, right? I think the two things that it boiled down to were what felt different from each other enough that it felt like they were unique, and then the other one was like, what realistically can I build for no money and and still feels like we covered like satisfying enough games? Mm. And so when we went through, we were like. Like, you know, when you list your first ones, you're like, got to do Hungry Hungry Hippo, got to do Mouse Trap, got to do that. And then you're like, OK, I can't build a hippo. I can't build. I'm not building a life size mouse trap. What the fuck am I talking about? And so then it was just like, oh, OK. The first one was like, OK, operation. That was easy. That I that makes perfect sense. That's in this world. And then from there, it was like, okay, if it's Jenga, how do we make it do this? How do we make it do that? And so um, once we got to, once we kind of narrowed it down, everything felt like, okay, they were all different enough. They satisfied the nostalgia of these games, but also um, uh, we could, I think we can do them with our own hammers and saws and toolkits. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, one of the the things that I really 
thought was a little different because you know in things like saw or like escape room those sort of films it's the, the you know our villain is overseeing everything but in here like bitch house is playing the games which is just like there's you know when you first see the thing and you see the thing around it you're like oh shit and just even operation and it's just like that's different right that's like interesting like was that you know did you have that kind of thought where you want to make it different you want the guy like the odds just to be you know what i mean like where's this going kind of thing by doing that kind of aspect yeah of i always thought it was <clears throat> um yeah, to have the, you know, well, one, it shows that he lives by a code, I think, which is important. You know, mm. what kind of person is this person? It's somebody who actually lives by a code in the honor of, of like, you know, when you play a game, you you don't cheat, you don't lie, you you play the game to the end. Um, and, and you trust that you are a game master enough to be able to beat the competition. You know, you really put it on on your skills. And yeah, we wanted it to be a little more immersive. You know, the thing with Saw that's the, obviously what he does is great and all the stuff that that it is is great. And they are trying to figure out what is their own way out or whatever. But like when the stakes, but there, but like ultimately there are no stakes on him ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so like other than the stakes that he's dying. But um, um, <laughs> what we wanted about this was just like, oh, anyone can win. Anyone can or or he can be hurt. You know, I think I think sometimes that's the the thing that is, uh, you know, sometimes that's the thing that's tough when you start getting into movies. Whether and and I say this for you know our Marvel and DC things, sometimes it's just like when 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 people in movies can't be harmed or mm. like get hurt or whatever, like it really takes out the stakes of it, you know. Yeah. And like I think that's why some of the best, you know, some of the best movies are when you you know when they're a little a slightly superhuman, but not demigod. And like, that's, I think sometimes when you get into the like Michael Myers and stuff like that, like just like this guy, well, we can never destroy this person. You know, it's like, it's mm -hmm. never going to happen. Um, so to, to watch the humanity of him playing and having to figure it out. And we also wanted to show he was smart. It wasn't just, just this killer. Like he actually had intelligence and was really, you know, talented and yeah. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that's definitely, I think that's why people love Game of Thrones, right? Because you're watching it and you'd be like, ah, that's my favorite character. You'd be like, wait, they killed him? <laughs> they killed her? Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, anyone could die. And I mean, that's always, because you can't, like, you watch something, read something, and you're just like, well, that character's never gonna read. Oh, they're in difficult, they're gonna get out, because obviously they're gonna live till the end. And yeah, yeah you do kind of, a little bit of interest goes when you know that and you know these outcomes. But I think that was one of the, the great things here because it was like, who's getting out, right? right. Where is this going to go? And then you, oh, God damn, like at the very end, when you have those two twists, like back to back, that was like, wait, thing is still, and then you're like, Oh no, but that was like all of red hair. You're like, fuck, I did not see that coming. That was, yeah, that was great, man. That I, I really, yeah, I really did enjoy that. But I think when this story is unfolding and we get these flashbacks, they didn't feel intrusive, right? So, right. did you? Like, were the flashbacks always in those places or did things change through production, editing and all of that? Yeah, um, you know, we we wrote them as a prologue. So it was the beginning at first. And then when we sat down and saw it cut together, I think one of the things that we realized is like, oh, you're already on bitch ass's side from Jump Street. Like, mm -hmm. you know... This person's bad. Bitch ass is good. The roles are defined. Movie. And it's like, uh, that's the opposite of what we wanted to do. And the other thing that we realized, too, is we never, we rarely get to see 
a serial killer get built, get constructed. And I think mm. we we in 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 rewatching in watching the the prologue, we were like, oh, what we've done is we've built a we're, we've like slowly written a story that constructs a serial killer. And so what we ended up doing was um, we were like, let's just meet bitch ass and let people have an opinion. And then slowly let's uh, let's peel back the layers of that opinion. And then and then let's slowly watch this person build into the person that they are now. So that way, when you're when you first see bitch ass, you're like, is he a bad guy? He's going to be killing these kids. Like, what's going on? And then you slowly start to get, oh, there's trauma. There's uh, a darkness. There's, he was great. Now he's that, you know, and like you, you slowly start to get those things laid out for you. And we just thought it was a more interesting way to dole out that information that kept you guessing, was he good or was he bad until ultimately? Mm. Yeah. Well, especially with the first kill. Right. Right. Because that first kill is just like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 I won't say I'll co-sign it, but yeah, I ain't yeah, yeah. Mad at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So th yeah, there was a lot here that kind of throws you. Yeah. And so you are on your toes all the way through the film, just wondering, like, how is this gonna unfold? Like, what's this gonna, what's this gonna do? Yeah. Like. Would you say, like, the film that you, you know, devised in your head, right, to what we then end up with, how much of that is the, 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 the core idea, like, how you wanted it? Did Were there many changes here? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I I constantly have this conversation with other, just artists in general, right? Like, what is making something right is and and what is that what are you like what are you judged on right and like mm. how do you how do you personally judge your work right and so like i think gotten to a, a place where there is the movie that people see but but nobody ever knows what your intention is yes right and so and like that unfortunately right like the the medium of art is oftentimes just what people see it's it's almost never what you never get to know what the intention was prior and so it's really interesting uh to 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 do this because i think to ask this question that you're asking because it opens up a new thing which is like to me um the movie that i made I would say is in a lot of ways better than what I intended. And also in a lot of ways, like not what I thought it would be. Yeah. Either, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, cause when you think of something, you think of it at its best, you think of it at its most uh, complete. You think about it the way you would see a memory or see something in real life. And so to me, it was like, no, the movie that I saw had, was $150 million, <laughs> you know, like the movie that I wrote in my mind was $150 million. The movie I shot was $200,000, you know? And it's just mm. like, that's like the difference or whatever. And um, um, you, you can't, you can't, you, you know, you never get there, but because of that, we created this next thing, which was so amazing because we didn't have a hundred million dollars. We had, you know, um, a shoestring budget to pull this all together. And because of that, we had to create all this other stuff that made me fall in love with the newer version of this movie and made me fall in love with the way it was made and made me fall in love with this. And so like, you know, it, I would say that like, yeah, that's that's kind of the answer. Is it the movie that I I originally saw when I wrote it? No, but it it I'm so impressed with what we pulled off with what we had, and and it's better than I even thought it could be. I will I, will, I definitely say right. It doesn't look 
like it's you know what I mean a small budget film. Oh, thank like you. you. You watch it and it does look like it could be from you know a Sony a universe. Like it, it feels like that. It's like the cast is great, man. How the hell did you get all of these cats to to be in the film, dude? Uh, big dream casting Sherry, she's the best. She, uh, <laughs> she, you know, we hired her and she's like, I'm gonna get you people. You just, you just tell me which ones you want. I'm gonna just get you people. And she did, um, you know, and um, she was great. And like, she got people off the, off of, you know, like way off the radar. Nobody had big credits. Everybody was just this. And like, I'm also going to say, man, like to my cast, like, you know, I had a conversation with every single person, individual, I called every single one of them and welcomed them to the project and was like, look, we don't have time for you to find it. Unfortunately, this ain't that movie. We're shooting 10 pages a day. I don't got time for you to figure it out. I, you need to be prepared. For, for not just for my movie, but like for you as a performer, if you want the best performance on screen, I'm not on screen, you are. If you want this to look good and be your best performance, you need to come ready. And I, and to, to every person in my cast credit, they did. And not only did they, nobody was late. No one missed a COVID test. Everybody went home and did their jobs. Nobody went out and got partied and, and compromised themselves or the movie at all. I was completely impressed with everybody who showed up and um, it showed me that when you actually get good people and you reach out and you, and you discuss things with them and, and you ask them to do it, that they can actually show up. Okay. Now I, yeah, I will definitely say they showed up, but right. Some of that definitely professionalism. Yeah. But, I want to know what the fuck that locker room speech was that you gave him, man. If it, it, it must have been some any given Sunday shit, because <laughs> you know what I mean. It was like the performances we get is it was they sold it, right? You get that kind of that you know cue, right? Yeah, you yeah. Get that he's you know he, he he's he wants to be a doctor, but he still kind of wants to be a part of this gang he feels like there's that thing there right the, the bit when tuck pulls the gun yeah yeah like, yo you thought that was gonna get messy and then it's just like ha, I'm just messing me and you're just like motherfucker right <laughs> that was just like just that switch and these performances just all gave us what you thought these characters would be and should be and felt real so yeah, what like what did you say to these people, man? Like, what, how did you kind of get them to invoke these performances? Were you like, yo, this is what this character is? Like, here's some music or here's some film references that will put you in that mindset? Or like, yeah, what? definitely. You know, we definitely gave a lot of film references and and you know, kind of talked about it and like, you know. Um, for everybody in the gang, I was like, you know, watch Juice. For Tuck, I was like, you know, you're Tupac and Juice. You know, you're Omar Epps and Juice. Like, you know, Ju that mm. the relationship of Juice is a real is the kind of the relationship of those four kids. Um, the mom, you know, I'm like, you're you're Jada Pinkett and set it off. You know, <laughs> you're that's your character. Yeah, She's yeah, yeah. the same exact jumpsuit as her in the movie. Um, cause that's another like nineties homage kind of thing, you know? Um, and then, you know, also watch tales from the hood and get those references, but like, you know, the, the things that, you know, we wanted to, you know, make, you know, I went in talking with the Q character. I'm like, you know, you're us in this world, you know? So make sure that, you know, your, your, your experiences is what the audience is experiencing. You we're discovering things with you. We are, you are the lens that we look through most of this movie through. So, you know, you're, you have to have a level of vulnerability throughout this piece that, that, you know, we, if we feel like it is us, you, you, you know, through, throughout this moment. And, um, and then, yeah, the, you know, um, the guy, you know, the, the actor who plays Tuck is great. And, and, uh, the actor who plays Spade is also phenomenal and just, um, you know, um, 
in talking with him, you know, making sure that Spade was he, he doesn't need to be yelling or this or blah, blah. he can just hold power and he really does. Mm. And, uh, so it's really, really wonderful. And um yeah, so everybody I definitely everybody had references and stuff, but like I also give them a ton of credit for doing the character work uh, and, and bringing it and just allowing me to come in and tweak. You know, I, I think like, you know, I tried to say, I said to them that like, I'm not your acting coach, I'm your director. And so my job is to just come in and make sure that you are putting in, I'm, I'm just coming in to tweak and make sure that you're putting the performance that best services this movie on a larger scale. But like, by the time you show up, you will have known this character more than I will. So, you know, let's let's talk about it. What do you think this character should be doing? Let's talk about what we think the character should be doing. And so um, I think a lot of them did their homework and brought some really incredible performances. Oh, yeah. This is a great calling card for for these, you know, I mean, actors going forward. Right. People are yeah. going to see this and be like, Yo, we need them in my in our pieces. Right? So, so, yeah, it was great. Um, you co-wrote this with Jonathan Coulomb. Coulomb, yeah, yeah, Coulomb, yeah. What's that process like for you? Uh, man, John's the best. He and I are just—it's we, you know, it's us phone calling each other every day. And I always sometimes like John. I'm sorry, I'm calling you, man. I, let's just talk through this scene. Let's just talk through this scene. Um, it's a, you know, it depends on the project, but sometimes you know it'll be, it'll be uh we'll come over to my house or his house and we will note card the entire film out like oh what do you think happens here write it down what do you think happens here write it down write it down write it down what do you think happens here write it down and then we'll just take we'll talk through each scene um and then we'll just be like all right five scenes for you five scenes for me let's go we'll do like a well that's yeah so we'll do five scenes five scenes and we're just outlining it like a paragraph for each scene Right, right. And from there, we are like, all right, let's read the entire thing for each scene's paragraph and then be like, oh, man, this isn't, let's do this. And then we'll, let's connect this to this and foreshadow here and tie the, pay this off here and blah, 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 blah. And then we'll put it out and they're like, okay, first five scenes you're writing, next five scenes I'm writing. And then we send each other the scenes and then we read through it all together and clean it up so it totally fits and. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's really collaborative and really 50-50. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, they, they, yeah, it's always interesting because there's so many different ways I've heard how people collaborate. So it's just like, yeah, you, you wonder when you see these things, like, oh, how did this all come together? You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, the film is going to drop in a couple weeks. Right. How do you have any say in that kind of stuff? Like, you know what I mean, what do you think about this dropping close to Christmas? Like, or do you kind of, yeah, how how does all of that get worked out? I, I don't have any say and 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 but I, you know, trust uh signature and the and the people who are doing this, you know, they believe in this movie and they have the bet they have the movie's best interests at heart. So like I completely you know, turn, turn uh, that over to them. And, um, you know, we were, you know, we were lucky in the U S to get the, to, to release it in October and Halloween. Um, and so that was great. And, you know, in talking with signature, this is, this was when they wanted to do it, but, you know, I feel like this movie, as much as it is a horror film can be seen all year round and I'm okay with that. And so, um, uh, yeah, I, like I said, it's I don't have any say on it, but I'm also completely okay with it. Mm, yeah, I, I I kind of feel that you know people finish they'll be finishing work for the year potentially. Yeah. So you know what I mean? People got time on their hands. So yeah, it, it definitely. Yeah, I don't think you need to watch it around Halloween or anything like that. It, it can yeah drop yeah. anytime. But what was it like when you dropped it stateside? What how did it feel to finally have this out in the world? Bro, the best feeling I was I like you and I only lived with this thing for 18 months and it felt like I was like Guys, we got, I just got it. It's got to get out. I just got to get it out. It's just this. 
so once it got released, it was like, oh, I can I can have my life back. <laughs> I can look at some other thing. I can think about something else because it is all consuming. So it was, it was nice. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I think going through this whole process, right, doing it during COVID, right, doing it in 12 days, like that must make you feel now that like anything, you can do anything. You know what I mean? Like you've got over this, you put this out, like the reception that you've got, which I can imagine, like I can't imagine people hating on this shit, right? So yeah, you must feel like, yeah, anything is possible now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like um, it, it's made me realize that you that like if you put your mind to it, you can do it. And that like I know I have now that I've gotten this out of the way that like um, where that there is a way to do anything. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? There is a way to do anything. And so it has really, really if anything, fueled a larger passion for the next thing and the next thing. And, and, and like, I'm not, it doesn't feel like this gorilla anymore that you can't tackle it. It really, really feels like, Oh, okay. It's just a long process that you have to be willing to knuckle down and do, but you can do it. Oh yeah, no, for sure, man. And I think this is a testament to that. Right. And the way the film ends, definitely, that definitely was unsettling. Gotta say, with the, the table, it's just like, oh, oh no, right? <laughs> but does that mean there's ideas floating? Yeah, no, there's definitely ideas floating for a, a, a sequel. And, and as long as I don't have to raise the money for it, uh, I would love to do it. So, um, you know, we'll see over the next, you know, few months, six months, I don't know, see how the film's doing, see if it resonates with any um investors or production companies to see if they want to give me a shot at another one yo bill with what they can see you've done on this budget i get like and this is the thing right there's people want franchises because it's built-in content so i yo i imagine studios are going to be knocking down that door knocking down that door man <laughs> Which is tremendous. He did a tremendous job, man. I'm I'm really happy that the guys at Signature sent this across, and you, you know, were were nice enough to give me some of your time, man. Really appreciate that. But um, yeah, I know Sab is gonna be like, get off. Bill's gotta go do some other stuff, right? So I'm gonna let you go in a second. But before I do, let the people know how they can follow you and keep track of your know, all the stuff you're gonna be doing. Oh yeah, I'm I'm very simple. I'm I'm at Bill Posley. I'm pretty much everything. So uh, my name at Bill Posley. I think I'm like the only one. I'm very fortunate to have most of my my name. Um, so that that's basically it. And and yeah, thank you guys so much for and thank you for having me. I'm so glad Signature set this up. You're amazing. This conversation flew by so fast, and I really really appreciate your love for the film. Hey man, I'm I'm just saying what I watched and <laughs> I watched a, like do you understand the amount of horror films? How as a I'm not a huge horror, like I, I like a good story, but I'm just like I don't want to see any more demons, man. <laughs> give me the demons, right? I get that's probably one of the biggest <laughs> genre of films that gets sent through. So when you watch a good one, oh man, it feels good. And when just watching a good film in general, it's great because there's definitely some turkeys but you know what i mean like people put their heart and soul into this stuff so you try and give everything some love right you don't want to trash things but yo watching a great film and talking about it's an easy thing man and this was a great film uh, so yeah thank you thank, thank you, you sir. and um when you've got the next project bill please come come by come by no, for another and let's, let's maybe put some more time aside next time so we have a longer chat because there's more stuff I wanted to talk to you about but god damn it I've got to let you go <laughs> I will I swear thank you so much Kevin alright tremendous man and congratulations on a great film right. appreciate it thank you have a good day you too man Bye. thanks <laughs> 
Dude, I promise you a great part two. And that's what I gave you, people. And people, listen, as I said, look, the way someone talks about something is a real good indicator of the product. And build it. look, you just go watch pictures, right? If you like a horror film, right? This is for you. But if you you know what I mean? If you like a horror film, but you don't, you're not into torture porn, right? This is for you. Because, hey, it, 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 it kind of plays adjacent, but it doesn't, it doesn't do that whole sort of thing, right? It's its own animal. And the game thing, genius, genius, right? So highly recommend it. Go follow Bill. You know what I mean? Look, all the links, as always, on the website. So go check out. Check out the YouTube. And, um, yeah, people. Pass it on to your peoples, you know what I mean? Share. Share it along. Because more people should listen to what our Bill had to say. All right? So until our Christmas episode next week, peace. Thank you.